Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Senio. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts, minus the brain power of James the Brain Catullus. That is Travis the Beard. John, you're never going to believe what happened to me th- this morning. I, I doubt that. Let's uh, try me. My wife told me I need to grow up. So I told her I told her to get out of my fort. I did. That's... A really good dad joke because I didn't even know it was a dad <laughs> joke. <laughs> it didn't start with a question like normal. It was just kind of, I thought you were telling the, the story. I got to keep you on your toes, man. That one could have realistically happened. That's how good that dad joke was. I don't, I don't know for sure. In the theater of my mind, that actually happened. I am John Lather, Rinse, Redraft, Hogue. And this is a Super Flex Super Show. Now that those dynasty startups are out of the way, we get to transition into the redraft formats. And we're going to start with some players that either gain or lose value in the transition from dynasty to redraft. Besides the obvious, the older players are going to be worth a lot more for a one-year term than they would then they will be in a more long-term setting but we're gonna get into that here in just a second but before that let's start with your unsurprising headline of the week travis all right today's unsurprising headline of the week nbc sports philadelphia expects carson wentz to be held out of the entire preseason is that is that (laughs) That yeah, <laughs> no surprise there. He, I, I guess so the he most tore surprising... his ACL eight months ago. Yeah, if there's any of that that's surprising at all, it's that there may have been an actual discussion of whether or not he plays in a preseason. Like I mean, I yeah, think it's the, just the assumption was he's for sure out for the preseason, and if we're lucky, he's healthy enough to start week one. Right. Right. So week one will basically – it'll essentially be almost exactly nine months from his ACL tear. So yeah. it's possible, but it, I mean it's right there. I think ACLs are usually like seven to nine months. So, you know. Yeah. So I'm so obviously in Dynasty, I, Carson Wentz is still the number two quarterback overall for me in Dynasty. So there's kind of no question that if you've got him, you're holding him. You know, it's only a handful of games at the most. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But in redraft, what does this do for you? Um, it it makes me a little hesitant. Um, just because there's a, there's a legit chance. I mean, or there's no guarantee he starts week one. He could miss two games. He could miss three games. Um, all the reports are pointing to that not happening. 
but it could still happen. And there's no guarantee that he's not, or there's no guarantee that he's a hundred percent, you know, ready to go full bore on that knee when he does come back. Wasn't there a head, there was a headline the other day where Peterson had like quote unquote seen or noticed hesitation with him or something, which is, I mean, that makes sense. And he's still got some time to work all that stuff out, but makes me a little bit weary, but I, I mean, I'm still drafting him in redraft too. I think he's going to play the large majority of the year. You take, just take a flyer on Nick Foles in your last round. If that's the case. Yeah, there you go. So is Foles for you a must handcuff to Wentz? Um, I don't think it's a must handcuff, but I mean, it's not going to cost you a lot to get Nick Foles and you just hold him for, I mean, until Carson Wentz is in there. I don't think you need to hold him. Like, I'm not worried about him re-injuring it enough to to roster Nick Foles in a redraft league, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. that I, I guess the only thing in a super flex where, you know, all of the all of the starting quarterbacks are for sure going to be rostered. And, you know, in order to get a third quarterback, it might mean taking Nick Foles. I don't know. that I, I could see it. But, yeah, certainly in a one-quarterback league, I have no interest in Nick Foles. But I'll also say the Eagles have a very nice schedule this year. For the defending Super Bowl champions, this schedule is extremely nice. I don't know how they ended up with such a soft schedule, but they've because they've got the rest of their division, not really any defense in in the NFC East. They also have the NFC South and the AFC South. So, you know, Jacksonville and they'll get the Rams, they'll get the Vikings, Texans. the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. I don't. The Texans, J.J. Watt coming back, that certainly helps. But man, I don't. I don't know that there's a whole lot on that defense that worries me either. The Eagles are are going to have a pretty good defense, but I mean, you're getting a. Oh, he's on the Eagles. (laughs) 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 So he doesn't have to worry about that one on Sundays. Just the rest of the week, but. Yeah, so it's a the Saints, I guess, have an all right defense, but yeah, this is a nice schedule. I don't know, I I don't think that I would shy away from Wentz, even with the injury. But speaking yeah. of that, let's start. We're gonna shift our focus to redraft this week a little bit. We'll still talk about dynasty from time to time throughout the season, but real quick before we get going, though, let's hear from James the Brain Catullus. He's here in spirit but he does have a message for you about the Vampire Listener League. Hey there, all you diehard listeners to the Superflex Super Show. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I have some great news for you. James the Brain here talking to you about our Vampire Listener League. That's right, I've got some more information on it. 36 teams, 3 divisions, 12 teams in each division, and each division will have one vampire team owned either by myself, Travis Rasmussen, or John Hogue, Either of us co-hosts for the Superflex Super Show are going to own a vampire team, one in each division. We're going to have a snake draft, but the fun's all yours, guys, because us vampire teams, we don't get to take part in that. That's right, 11 of you will be able to take part in that draft, whereas us vampire teams, well, we're kind of out of luck there. We get to pick from your scraps. That's right, after you're done drafting your team, 
that's when we come in. We have to build our team from the waiver wire, from the leftovers, the scraps that you guys leave behind. We have to pick through those and create our rosters. The vampire team picks from those scraps, and once they've assembled their roster, that's when the real fun begins. We go into the season. If a vampire team wins a head-to-head matchup, well, that's when it gets fun because they will be awarded a player off of your roster. So that's how the vampire teams can improve. The league ends when a vampire team wins the league championship. Guys, that could take years because this is going to be an uphill battle. As a matter of fact, we don't even get draft picks for future years. So we are put in a tough position. But you, the listeners, man, you guys get to have all the fun in this one. So, hey, what else makes this league unique? We've also got unique scoring to make all positions valuable. It's super flex, so you know you're going to be hoarding those quarterbacks. It's .5 point per carry. That's right, a half a point per carry gives those running backs that extra boost. Of course, it's PPR, and we all know that wide receivers last a whole lot longer and are more steady in Dynasty, so they've already got value. And oh yeah, we added a tight end premium just to make those tight ends even more valuable to your league. And it's a wide open format. That's right, it is Superflex. You have two spots that you can start Superflex, which... You can start quarterbacks or any other position, but then there's eight starting spots of all flex positions. That's right. You can start any combination of players that you want for the most part, just the maximum of the two quarterbacks. Other than that, it's wide open. This is going to be a fun league with a lot of different formats, and guess what, guys? It's only $25 to enter. That's right. All you have to do to enter this listener league is screenshot us a rate and review. So go ahead and rate and review the show and send us a screenshot take a screenshot send us a screenshot and you'll be entered in the dynasty listener league it's that easy but again it's first come first serve so the sooner you can do it the better and hey guys if you can't rate and review that's fine go ahead and dm us and we'll get you in the listener league if we can that way now priority is going to come to those that can screenshot us a rate and review but again if you can't Make sure to DM us right away. Let us know that you wanted the Vampire Listener League and reserve your spot today because, guys, this is going to be a ton of fun. Now that it, I, I kind of feel like even your dynasty leagues, at this point, it does turn into a little bit of a redraft proposition. You know, there's still some long-term ramifications to all the decisions that you make. But at the end of the day, the goal is to win this year. Because even in your in your dynasty leagues, if you win this year, then you're playing with house money for, you know, however long it lasts for you. So, you know, get one championship. That's kind of the goal. So I think that you take a redraft type approach into a dynasty league once you're past the startups it very much turns into a weekly game i think for for everybody yeah yeah exactly and kind of you know how how do i get through yeah each week the rest of this season you're not looking too far ahead beyond you know two or three weeks so that's going to be our primary focus for the for the remainder of the nfl season here is uh just kind of you know, a super flex league, we'll still look at some alt scoring settings and we'll definitely talk about some trades and stuff um, going forward. But for the most part, we're, we're really going to kind of zero in on the redraft side of this um, because that's applicable 
regardless of your format. So with that, Travis, let's start with you. Give me some uh, some players who you would typically be down on in a dynasty league who are rising in your rankings in redraft leagues. All right, so my first one, these aren't in any particular order, just the guys I thought of first. Uh, first one's Devonta Freeman. And we've talked here before about how we feel about Devonta Freeman and uh, his long-term projections, but essentially it comes down to he's a running back. <laughs> um, they don't last as long, as, you know, as a in their workhorse role, I guess. And those concussions, man, they really, really, really worry me uh, for his long-term career. And there's going to be changes coming up in that backfield next year. You could argue. Tevin Coleman is probably leaving, so he could see even more of a workload, but we don't know how that's going to work out. Anyways, long story short, he's the man this year in Atlanta uh, for one last go, so I'm okay with Devonta Freeman in redraft leagues. What are you feeling about Devonta Freeman, John? No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good with this one. In fact, um, just to skip ahead a little bit, uh, th- this is going to throw us out of order a little bit, but it makes sense for the conversation. So one of the guys who I'm actually, who I'm high on in dynasty and low on in redraft is Tevin Coleman. And it's for that very reason. I mean, we, it sounds like Tevin Coleman probably leaves in the off season, like you said, and finds a lead back role, maybe in somewhere like Pittsburgh. It could be a possibility. So you know, at that point, you're sitting on a gold mine by ho- holding on to Tevin Coleman in a dynasty league. But in a redraft, where we only get him for this one year, give me the guy who's the actual starter. I, we've seen Tevin Coleman carve out a little bit of a role, but Devonta Freeman is the lead back there. And as long as he's healthy, I mean, he's he's going to be the, the workload guy. He's going to be the volume guy. Tevin Coleman is more of a change of pace, pass catcher, that type of stuff in that offense. So, um, yeah, Devonta Freeman for one more year looks to me like he could easily be a, you know, a, a top five running back again, which, by the way, he's the, this past season, 2017, was the first time he missed the top six um, out of his first three years. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. Um, who who's your first riser? So I'm gonna give you just kind of running backs in general. The they all Cheater. take a huge step up for me. I know, I know, but they do. They take a huge step up for me in redraft. I mean, I've I talk about this all the time. How in a dynasty superflex, I'm starting with quarterbacks. I might start with wide receivers and I want to build around them because, you know, the running backs, they're only going to give you, you know, a couple years of usability. And, you know, if you're lucky, you get three years out of them. Whereas the the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, you know, it takes them a year or two to peak. But once they do, they hold that value for, you know, a good five, six plus years. But in a redraft, that does me absolutely no good. You know, it, it, I don't care how old or how young these players are anymore. But what I do know is for one year, the running back position is far more productive than any other pos- position. And I'm going to go so far as to say that in a redraft league, 
I'm generally starting with a running back. Now, there have been some differences. We we just did the Scott Fishbowl draft, and I started at 102 with Aaron Rodgers, and that was just because of the settings. You know, there's it's six points for, for passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. and you also lose points. Um, you lose more points for interceptions and pick sixes than in a, in a normal league. So with that type of premium on the quarterback position, I still favor the quarterbacks, but in a normal super flex league, I'm generally starting with running backs. And this is, this is coming from a place of reformation where (laughs) I, I started last year, we did a super flex league last year together. And I started, started quarterback quarterback with Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck and thought that I just absolutely dominated you guys in the draft <laughs> and ended up winning, I think, one game the entire season. So, yeah, start with start with running backs, some guys specifically for you. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is in for a big year. David Johnson coming back with fresh legs. Dalvin Cook, I'm going to talk more about him later, so I'll just I'll just leave it there. And Leonard Fournette, those are all first-round guys for me who I wouldn't even dream of touching in a dynasty league. Yeah, that mostly makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> except for the no no touching in a dynasty league. Yeah, except for that part. <laughs> no, so it actually feeds right into my next guy, which is Jordan Howard. And obviously I have trashed on Howard repeatedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, in, I mean, in redraft, man – He's still gonna he's still gonna get the bulk of carries this season for sure, uh, and he's gonna be useful. I, I my my main argument actually with him is how inconsistent he is. Um, so I don't see that going away, but he's still gonna accumulate fantasy points for you. Last I mean, last year he had eight games outside of RB twenty four. Like half of the time he killed you when you when you put him in your lineup, you know, and that's. He's going to have games like that. Um, and there's only two games where he really like won the week for you, like top five performances. So he's a pretty average player, I guess. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> so you were just trying your best to be nice. Yeah. But... <laughs> because this is still a I guess human it's... being with a family who loves him. <laughs> I'm sure. My my whole point is assume. like I'm still not I'm still not targeting Jordan Howard in in redraft, but I'm way more okay owning him in yeah. redraft than I am in dynasty because I just feel like he's he's on this like Eddie Lacy career trajectory where he's going to be worth nothing very very soon in in dynasty. Yeah, well, see, I I think that this is where this is where worlds collide a little bit because I think Jordan Howard is, he's in a position to have the type of season that raises his value in dynasty as well. And then there's a sell window after this season. I'll agree with you there. I mean, if he does anything close to what I'm projecting for this season, then yeah, sell him as soon as the season's over because that type of volume, that's only when you're trying to transition a new starting quarterback, a, a new young starting quarterback, uh, into into that role, and then after that, you know, you take the you you take the training wheels off of Mitchell Trubisky and and let him 
become the face of the franchise. But yeah, I mean, just the workload alone for Jordan Howard makes him a definite buy in redraft. But I guess my my thought is he could also he could also have some value for you in dynasty and with uh with an ADP that's actually going to rise after this season. Maybe so, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh we we all know how you feel about it. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to give you a quarterback this time, Alex Smith, who I'm I'm really 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 not a fan of in dynasty. I'm really not real high on him on in redraft, but I don't see any reason to own him in Dynasty. I guess that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. And I actually saw a trade poll today wow. where you would get Alex Smith. Uh, it was DeAndre Hopkins in... So I, I should really just pull this up, and I'll get it in a minute. I'll, I'll get... Uh, so I can actually shout this out. But So it was DeAndre Hopkins for Alex Smith, Jamison Crowder, and there was another wide receiver in there too. And, and to me, I just, I, I don't think that, that Alex Smith does anything for you in dynasty, but I do see a scenario where he's a, a very start, startable super flex quarterback two type of guy for you in 2018. Um, he'll have plenty of weapons to throw to. I have no idea which ones he's actually going to throw to, but, uh, I, and I'm not even trying to guess you know i'm not even trying to to decipher what i want to do with the wide receivers there in washington but i do think that alex smith can uh can get you quarterback two type of numbers this year i, I definitely think he'll be a quarterback two. i feel like he is in he, he got a downgrade across the board by going to washington this year and he's in a new offense and I just don't – I don't see the redraft value, honestly. I guess that's where I'm coming from. I'm not going to own Alex Smith in redraft, but I'll hang on to him in Dynasty and and hope that year two in the offense maybe is better. Maybe they bring in some better weapons for him. Um, I don't think the weapons he has are all that great. Hmm. I mean, Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson and, I mean, I think – I like I like Jamison Crowder. I think he's going to be a good PPR guy this year, but – so we all we all know he's not going to do what he did last year ever ever again. Um, he outperformed the previous eleven years of his career by a significant margin in basically every statistical category, and now he's going to this new offense where he got a downgrade in every area, like I just said. But I mean, I don't know, man. I think that the upside is really 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 limited, and I don't I don't think he's going to be good in redraft at all. Wow. So you'd rather have him 37 years old, by the way, in Dynasty. Yeah, just because, I mean, Dynasty, you're not banking on him to, for, I don't know, like redraft, you need guys that are going to perform this year. That's all you need, obviously. But you, you need guys that you think have upside to to return some, to, to have a return on investment where you take them. And I mean, yeah, he's super cheap. His uh, ADP right now is like the 12th round in redraft leagues. But I don't know, man. I just want a guy that's going to give me something or has a chance at giving me something where he's going to finish QB 10. Like Alex Smith is not going to be finished QB 10, but you can get guys around him that have at least a chance of doing that. 
Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. I hope our friend Sal is not listening to this. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> going to hate this. But, yeah, so I want to shout out that trade, though, because that came into our uh, Superflex show account. That's at Superflex show on Twitter, and you can always send us trade polls. We can retweet them, help you get more votes, help you get more comments, and sometimes even talk about them here on the podcast, obviously. So that came from Dale, and it's at Dale underscore down under. And the trade was DeAndre Hopkins for Alex Smith, Jamison Crowder, and John Ross in a 16-team Superflex IDP league where his wide receivers were pretty much garbage beyond eh, – they're, they're, uh, they're pretty mediocre <laughs> for sure uh, beyond DeAndre Hopkins. But his only other quarterback, starting quarterback, is Deshaun Watson. So he kind of needs somebody to man that Superflex – I just don't think it's Alex Smith, especially in a dynasty league. Also, what are you doing playing Superflex with 16 teams? I'm in a 16-team Superflex league, and it's awesome. Ugh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's fun, Mr. Mister. All about creating quarterback value. I, I would have thought well, you'd yeah. be on board for that. That's they're, what makes it gold. horrible. Is yeah, that's what makes it horrible. Is that I'm taking quarterbacks with my first five picks, and everybody's <laughs> gonna hate me. That's probably and true. then nobody's having fun anymore. I, although I don't think everybody hating you would stem from your draft. I think that's just in general <laughs> how people feel. <laughs> I take the fun out of fantasy. What can I say? <laughs> All right, I mean, that's fair enough. I get what you're saying, but I guess I I don't really, really want him on in any format, <laughs> but right. I just don't – I want upside in redraft, man. Like, yeah. I guess that's just maybe maybe comes down to, to team building philosophy and redraft leagues. Like, it's either – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to either finish first or last in pretty much every redraft league. Like, I don't want to finish sixth place, you know? And you only no, have no. one year – you only have one year to get it, so. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I just so, don't. Alex Smith just isn't gonna do it for me. We're probably more on the same page on this than than what we actually think, because kind of where I'm coming at it from is Alex Smith to me is a is a good third quarterback in a redraft superflex league. He'd be a good bye week okay. guy. That's He's fair Insurance enough. for injuries, but I I don't even want that from him in dynasty. I would. I just don't I even love want Alex him on my Smith roster. as a QB three in Dynasty, man. In Dynasty, love it. Yeah, as a QB three, yeah. you only yeah, got to start him twice. Just, well, and then you, and then you, when he retires in the off season, you've got to figure it out. Oh, all over that's again. not gonna so happen. No He's gonna no play things. a couple. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Hey. So I'll go to my next guy, and it's Case Keenum, your boy, yeah. John. So. I said a couple couple episodes ago my really my issue with Case Keenum and Dynasty like I love I like Case Keenum I don't love Case Keenum I like Case Keenum and but my fear is that he's at this this crossroads in his career essentially where if he performs well this year again like he'll be locked in as a, an NFL starter and a Dynasty starter for you know a few years but he only did it once last year. Like that's it. That's all we've got. And it, if this year comes and he doesn't perform, he's gonna be his value in dynasty is gonna go straight back down to being a backup quarterback somewhere. So that's that's really the risk for me in dynasty. But 
I do like him, and in redraft, I'm all about I'm all about that. <laughs> like I think he's gonna I do think he's gonna perform well, um, but there's really no risk in in you know investing a significant amount into getting him on your dynasty team and then losing that value. Like if he ends up flopping in redraft, you just you drop him and you pick up Alex Smith. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I mean I love Case Keenum. It feels like redraft is actually more risky for me with him. Just because, first of all, he's changing teams. Wow. He is changing. We can't get along today. I know. I know. And you and you did this just to just to just as an olive branch, just to reach across the aisle and. I did, and then you slapped me with it. No, get that out of here. (laughs) No, I I I I think I'm on board with this overall. I don't know though. I no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I wish I could be, but I'm not. Because Case Keenum is such a buy for me in Dynasty because he's he is going to settle into that role more. You know, the he's going Maybe. to develop a rapport with these young wide receivers. Cortland Sutton is tearing it up in training camp. Give him a year in the NFL and watch what happens when he explodes. Deshaun Hamilton looks great. You still got Carlos Henderson there. You've got young running backs there. And this offensive line is only going to get better. I mean, it can't get worse. It's, so they're, the more that they can start to, you know, you lose Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason, presumably, uh, you know, in between 2018 and 2019. And then that frees up money that you can spend on the offensive line. And I think that you've got more protection for Case Keenum. You still have quality weapons for him. I think that there's no That argument all makes sense, John, but what if he sucks? (laughs) He's not going to suck. That's what I'm saying, but he could, John. He's only done it once, and it was on a really good team. He's on on a very, very similar team. I know you think that, but it's different players. I've proved it. I proved no, you it. didn't. You just said you just named situations that were similar. He's got better weapons, actually. Ooh. He's got he's got more weapons. Ooh, yeah, I don't know Demari- about that. Who are you gonna take, Demarius over over Diggs? I mean, and you think not you for think Demarius? Purposes, you think for NFL De- purposes? Yeah, for NFL Who's purposes. Do the- you think Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, at this point in their career, is a better wide receiver duo than Thielen and Diggs? I think they're right on par, but I think that you also have Cortland Sutton. You also have Deshaun Hamilton. You've got three two rookie receivers, Mister Rookie Receiver over here. Go ahead. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> but but again, I'm talking for NFL purposes, not fantasy purposes. Sure, okay. Which I I get it, I get it. But my point is, he could suck, dude. He could. I don't want him to. I don't think he's going to. But this guy did. He had one good year after being in the league for several and being a backup for several. And now I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Yeah. It could happen. And then they could draft a first round quarterback next year. That could happen. Right. But he went from Jeff Fisher and throwing to Kenny Britt and Brian Quick and (laughs) whatever the hell else. Dude, you don't got to convince me. I know that. I know that. He, to to Pat Shermer and uh, you know Thielen Diggs Rudolph so yeah I, it, a lot changed you know and I think that what I think that we saw 
what Case Keenum really is. When you give him a supporting cast and when you actually give him some decent play calling, it doesn't even have to be good play calling, for God's sakes. Just not Jeff Fisher calling plays. So, yeah, I mean, I think that... I guess where I'm coming from on this is I think Case Keenum is going to stick at least for a few years. I think that he has all the weapons to continue this upward trajectory. And I think that it, as much as I think that he is a good low-end quarterback two, mid to low-end quarterback two in redraft, I think that he's right there in dynasty as well. And I think that there's room for that to go up. So that's the only reason I disagree with you. I I it I don't think that he's higher in my redraft rankings in Dynasty. All right, it looks like pretty much most people, according to ADP, agree with you there, John. His ADP really? is his ADP in Dynasty is ninety three overall. His ADP in redraft right now is eighty seven overall. So pretty much right in the same area my turn and i'm going to go with julio jones and i'm not going to give you a whole lot of explanation because i've got more to say on him a little bit later as well Um, but i will say that i think that this is pretty pretty easily just a matter of age i think that in dynasty he's pretty depressed just because of his age whereas i think for redraft um i i you know, you can pretty easily project him for uh, for some positive regression here in 2018, and the age doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that one. That's a pretty easy one. Cool. So let's talk about some guys who are worth less to us in redraft than they are in dynasty. And uh, again, I'll start with you. So I cheated as well with this one. Yeah. And. I'm you gonna cheated go, twice, by the way. I cheated we'll once, you cheated twice. <laughs> I'm looking at the same show sheet as you. All right, we each cheated twice, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why when we get to the end of yours. Okay. All right. Um, so, oh, are you going to say because I picked the Browns? All Browns. All Browns. <laughs> All right, so my first one is rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with. All rookie quarterbacks, obviously in Superflex Dynasty, we're all about these guys. Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson has some hype. Anyways, I mean, these are hot commodities in Dynasty Leagues, and we want them. But we're not banking on them to be a starter for us this year. At least I hope you're not, Mm because then you're doing something wrong. But, yeah, obviously, so, I mean, this is a pretty easy cheaty one but in redraft leagues don't draft don't draft rookie quarterbacks just don't don't do it you don't need to you're none of these guys are going to produce i mean one of or two of them might at some point in the year have some streaming weeks for you and that's fine but you don't need to draft them and bank on them to start for you Mm -hmm. in a redraft league exactly and i mean probably one of these guys is going to start from week one Josh Rosen, but we don't know for sure who it is. It's Josh Rosen, but we we don't <laughs> totally know just yet uh, that it's going to be Josh Rosen. It, Sam Darnold looks like he could mm-hmm. rise above, you know, the rest of the guys in uh, in New York. And then actually, Josh Allen probably has a lot better chance than anybody else to start from day one, just because the rest of those Buffalo quarterbacks are atrocious. <laughs> So, 
Yeah, but yeah, starting one, being a starting quarterback means yeah. a lot for us in dynasty and doesn't mean that much in redraft. Like just the fact that they're starting. Right. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even then, I mean, good luck figuring out who's going to be starting when you need when you need them as your third quarterback to start like in bye weeks or whatever. So yeah, I mean they're they're probably worth late round flyers, but I mean we're taking these guys in you know the 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 single digit rounds in dynasty. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm and I'm gonna take kind of the same route here. This is where I cheated, uh, part two, which is um, all rookie wide receivers. Now I'm gonna give you a couple possible exceptions. Cortland Sutton could definitely have a role Homer. anthony miller yeah definitely that that's very true i'm sitting you didn't here even watching put my him. boy christian kirk on there man yeah is he even getting on the field is he yeah, even working with I, the, I, I saw him is he catch working some with passes. the ones is that he working I, with the ones or? that i don't know i went to training yeah. camp cardinals training camp and I was definitely not there as any sort of analyst or reporter it's really dude with five kids sitting in those seats sure. <laughs> for two hours, it's hard to even see who's who's playing running back when Rosen's in there, let alone, you know, it's right. like... <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I guess without any kind of inside knowledge, just going off of the fact that he's a rookie wide receiver and he has one of the best all-time ahead of him, on the depth chart right at the moment. I'm I'm not projecting anything from Christian Kirk this year, but I, I could absolutely be wrong there. I think Anthony Miller is another possible exception, though. I think that he's projected for a starting role with the Bears. Man, that Anthony Miller hype is off the chains right now. Yeah, I know. And, and it's, I mean, he, he could we we keep making the the you know kind of the parallels between last year's rams and this year's bears i mean anthony miller could really be their robert woods so I, that that makes him usable you know i i don't think that he's worth anything but like a one of your last couple rounds is where you would probably want to take him because you're not planning on starting him but I think in a pinch, him and Sutton are both going to be startable from time to time in their first season. But beyond that, I I don't trust rookie wide receivers. Yeah, I'm, I'm generally on board with you there. Um, I don't mind taking one or two of these guys super late just to see what happens. Like Miller, Miller's even if he starts, he's going to be the wide receiver two on that team. And same thing with Christian Kirk. Sutton's yeah. going to be the wide receiver three. And that's where I take issue with that. But he can flash all he wants in training camp, but he's still the wide receiver three on that team. Yeah, he just has a different role. That's that's kind of the, the deal okay. with him. It's just that, I mean, he's, he's a deep ball guy, and it's totally boom or bust. But, I mean, you know, if you're in a 16-team league where you have to start three wide receivers and you get into bye weeks that are just decimating your depth then I could see starting Cortland Sutton and you've got about a coin flips chance that you get something out of him. But I don't think that you have that with Calvin Ridley, for instance. 
Yep, fair enough. Cool, All you're right, up. So my next Four one rounds. Yeah, my, <laughs> dude, I didn't <laughs> just, even realize keep, I did this. <laughs> keep, keep, keep crapping on the Browns. No, man, it's, it has nothing to do with the Browns. <laughs> well, okay, so Nick Chubb's on the Browns. Must. He's on <laughs> yeah. the Browns. So Nick Chubb yeah. is my next guy, and it's really. I love, 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 love Nick Chubb in Dynasty. I've been taking him at 102 in rookie drafts several times, 103, 104. Like, I've got him all up over that range. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that's a crowded backfield right now, and we don't know. You know, you could you could draft him in redraft, and then he does nothing for you as far as startable weeks for four weeks. Like, he, I think he's going to take that job. But it could be halfway through the season, you know, and you don't want to draft a guy and hold on to like if you draft him and he's not the starter by week three, you're dropping him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Nick Chubb's a little hard for me in redraft, even though I love the guy. And I do think that he's gonna be the the guy to own in Cleveland. Oh, you're so right, mm. Travis. <laughs> thanks thanks john let's move on to your guy here now that you agreed with me yeah i actually kind of do he he falls not a lot though so you know surprisingly he doesn't fall a lot for me in redraft Um, interesting i think the the adp was significant really um, when i was looking at it yeah let me see here real quick i got it i got it pulled up so in redraft he's a He's an eighth round pick, end of the eighth, eight eleven, and he's a fifth round pick, five oh one, in dynasty. So like almost wow. four full rounds. Yeah, and it makes Jeez. sense. Almost I mean, fifty picks. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, I mean, I 30, part of it is 40 picks. I don't. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't really, I I don't rank running backs particularly high in dynasty. Anyways, that's all it is. So and yeah, we all again, know that. Like, like I said, I mean, they get a bump in redraft because you know they can do something for one year. They always do something for one year. That's a, a lot of times. That's all you get, though. So yeah, it, I still have him higher in in redraft, but. Or in uh, in Dynasty, but not by a lot. All right, so I gave you Tevin Coleman earlier, so I'm going to skip to my next one, Kirk Cousins. And it's it's just a matter of, so first of all, he goes into a new system where I think that they're going to want to run the ball. Spoiler alert, I'm pretty high on Dalvin Cook. I'm going to go into the extent of that here in a little bit. But I think they really are going to focus on the run. I don't think that they want Kirk Cousins to necessarily have to do everything. And part of that is the offensive line is still pretty bad. I mean, you've got to protect the investment that you just made. And the easiest way to do that is to let him turn and hand off to the workhorse running back. So I, I'm i not expecting a whole lot from Kirk Cousins this year, believe it or not. I know that he's got good good wide receivers, I think that it's just going to be a much more controlled environment than what he's had in Washington the last few years. And I think that in Dynasty, I think you could start to see him take on 
more and more of the work and start to carry the team on his shoulders more and more in upcoming seasons. But for the moment, I think they're going to rely on the defense. They're going to rely on the running game and they're going to limit what they ask of Kirk Cousins for, for at least for his first year in that, on that roster. Wow. That's pretty interesting. I, I don't agree with you. <laughs> I like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, man. For me, this is a, this is essentially just one of those, like, let's not overthink things situations. Like he's, He's a top 10 quarterback every year that he's been the full-time starter. The last two years, he's finished as fantasy QB5, two years in a row. And he's never had a set of weapons the caliber of what he's got in Minnesota. So, I I mean, it's it's really as simple as that for me. I think he's in store for a good year this year. He's being drafted at QB8, which is, I mean, not super cheap, but it's not crazy expensive either. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's safe. I'll I'll definitely give you that, but I don't think that I I don't think that he has nearly as much upside for one year. Does he that's... outperform his ADP of quarterback eight? No. Okay. No, I don't believe so. I think he'll be also, right around there in that six to eight range, so I'm okay with it. But I mean, I I. I think he's a little below that, probably not a lot. Again, I think he's pretty safe, and I think that a safe quarterback can easily be a QB1. Oh, for but sure. I just have some guys that I'm a little bit higher on. I'm looking for some bounce backs, you know, for Marcus Mariota, for instance. Um, I I am uh, – Matt Ryan is borderline for me. Um, you know, guys that – I don't know where – I'm assuming Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady are both ahead of him in redraft ADP. Um, yes. So I'm just looking at updated ADP right now. Cousins is QB9. Jimmy Garoppolo just passed him. Um, and that eighth-round ADP was not super flex. So that was my bad. Ignore everything I just said. He's going in the fourth round in super flex redraft ADP. Uh, behind Garoppolo, Brees, Newton – Brady, um, but right behind him, Matt, Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck, Jared Goff, Big Ben, and all those guys. I would, I'm, I would take ahead of him for one year for this one year. Yeah, I think I'd take Stafford and Luck ahead of him, but I don't think Gar- Garoppolo's ahead of him. I'm not taking Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him in redraft. Yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> so no, yeah. All yeah, right, fair Jimmy enough. Garoppolo could have been in this segment pretty easily. Oh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I didn't see that was his ADP. I would have put him in here. That's nuts. Yeah, seriously. I okay. love Jimmy G. <laughs> All right, so let's hear your last one, and then we'll move on to our last segment. All right, my last one is, surprise, surprise, a brown. And yep. it's David and Joku. And this one I think is pretty obvious and it's a pretty chalky pick for this segment. He's a second-year tight end, um, and in re, or in Dynasty right now, he's being drafted as the the tight end number five, and in redraft, he's the tight end 15. So I'm not, uh, I'm obviously not alone in thinking this, um, but yeah, I will acknowledge the he he could he could be a top 10 option this year for sure. Um, I think pretty easily like he i love the player i love the talent 
and he he flashed enough last year to not move me off of that at all. But the chances of a second-year player coming in on an offense that should be better but isn't going to light the world on fire and finishing anywhere near that you know, top five is, is pretty slim. Yeah. It, yeah. I, so I agree with this one. I think it also has a lot to do with external forces. I mean, guys like Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, um, who are some of the other older guys, Delaney Walker, all of those guys jump ahead of him, I think in redraft for one more year, but yeah. So so I think that's totally fair. Um, the bigger question is, why do you hate the Browns so much, man? Man, I love the Browns. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you love Baker, but man, this is I has love Baker. Been, the, and know, I love Nick Chubb. This this turn. Well, yeah, I'm, that's true. Dude, I was I was all bought a in bit on of a roast though for some. I reason. know, I know. Just because <laughs> it's the specific situations, really. I mean, yeah. Nick Chubb's in a three-headed backfield, and I really like him, and I think he's going to win it, but not not in the first few weeks of redraft, you know? And then, yeah. yeah. Although, Njoku, like, his ADP, he's going behind Cameron Brait. The hell? Like, <laughs> I'll take him ahead <laughs> yeah, of Cameron Brait. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's going behind Eric Ebron, Easily. John. Ugh, so he could easily be up there in that tight end 13 would you take uh george kittle or um david and joku in redraft uh i'd take a shot on kittle i think i think i might too man and that might that might be yeah. crazy i think there's a chance tyrod really locks on to Njoku. yeah yeah that's definitely true i mean the chance is pretty equal that jimmy g does the same thing with george kittle i think but yeah i that that's kind of been come to think of it that's kind of been tyrod taylor's mo he yeah. made charles clay look awesome <laughs> right and he and he's kind of not so he made him relevant that's for sure but yeah yeah he was more than relevant at times he had something like 80 yeah. receptions two years ago yeah i think it was i could be completely wrong i think it was last year he had like five games in a row where I was like, oh, my God, Charles yeah, Clay's breaking yeah. out. And then he got hurt or something. Yeah. Yeah, the first five games, he was he was unstoppable. So, yeah, it, that's there's definitely an angle there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by it, though. I think George Kittle's in for a, 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 a bigger target share. And just overall, he might be ready for a breakout season maybe a little early. Due to some technical difficulties, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up a little early this week. Uh, I guess we actually gave you two episodes last week, so you heard plenty of our voices. Um, So we can uh, make up for it a little bit here. But we'll go ahead and call it a week. And as we do, we're going to ask you for a quick favor to rate and review the podcast if you haven't already. And in fact, by doing so, you also qualify to join the Vampire League if you're at all interested in that. But those ratings and those reviews really help us out to expand our reach and our audience and be able to really zero in on the topics that are most useful to you, the listener. So if you could could help us out as we gather that information and try to make this show the best and most useful that we possibly can, 
We'd really appreciate that. And in a vein of listener interaction, you can also send us your tw- your trades on Twitter. That's at SuperFlexShow. And send us those Twitter trade polls, and we can retweet them. We can comment on them, help you get more votes and more comments. And sometimes we even take them here on the podcast. And as we transition more into redraft for the remainder of the season, we're definitely going to stay connected to the Dynasty community by doing some more by talking some more about those trades so definitely send those to us so we've got something to talk about here on the show you can also follow travis he's at travis nfl on twitter james is at underscore james the brain looking forward to having him back next week i'm at super flex dude give us all a follow and uh, we love to interact with all of our listeners and talk about everything that you've got going on in your dynasty and redraft leagues with you and don't forget to subscribe to that mega feed of podcasts from the dlf family of podcasts so that you can get every episode of the entire dlf family of podcasts as they come out including this one the Superflex super show thank you to heart and soul radio for the song the addiction that we use as our intro and outro music And of course, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye. Sorry, they're screaming. Waiting for it to die down. Can you hear it? Uh, It's so faint. But, yeah, I mean, it does make it sound like a horror film. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if it was louder, it would make more sense. (laughs) The fact that it's happening so far away (laughs) makes it seem like it could be in another dimension or something. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. It's getting a little louder. That's my two-year-old. Oh, great, my dogs. (laughs) Fuck, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Did you hear the latest Commission Impossible? I don't know if it's Scott's or Ryan's, but someone's dog was going nuts. <laughs> and they don't, no. they don't edit it out. Like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're at a point where they don't really need to. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, dude, that's so anyways. funny, those two guys. You know. Yeah. <laughs> For us to be like, fuck, I'm turning this shit off. Uh, that is a sad statement that... People would rather listen to Scott Fish's dog than us. <laughs> I would too, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, I, I listened. <laughs> <laughs>